0: You are locked on Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, your two hosts here, Colt Molesky and Trey Flynn, bring you daily Timberwolves content. And Trey, I got to be honest with you, man, I am being, I'm groggy. I sound terrible. I'm all stuffed up. I'm getting, I'm getting a full, a full cold going right here, my man.
1: Well, weather's been bad lately, man. I hope you feel better. That's terrible. No problem on my end, though. Um, it's been getting uh pretty uh cold where I am too, so I'm afraid of getting that sickness soon.
0: So for right now, just try and block out my sound as as much as possible, and listen to Trey. That will be the the voice that you want to hear today. So just try and ignore me as much as possible.
1: <laughs> well, we're still going to need your uh, uh, excellent adjectives. Your Excellent descriptions, but I'll try to uh, helm this podcast as much as I can today.
0: Gosh, you know how to to make a guy feel good when he's sick, Trey. I appreciate that about (laughs) you. And you know what I also appreciate is a Timberwolves victory that happened last night. Bulls were hosting the Wolves last night, and the Timberwolves won 119-94. Vintage Rose performance is kind of the way that people are labeling this game. Uh, What was the... First of all, we talked about what this meant for the Timberwolves yesterday, but then you saw the Pelicans, the uh, the Pelicans lose, and the uh, the Kings was the other one, other team that lost. How big is this for the Timberwolves?
1: It's huge. I mean, essentially, the Wolves are two games back now from a you know post standing, uh, which is crazy. Uh, thanks to Tom Thibodeau listening to this podcast. If, if Tom <laughs> does, I apologize for that hair, but. Uh, Comment, But the Derrick Rose move into the starting lineup, that was huge. Derrick Rose came through, uh, 24 points, big-time points too. Wasn't messing around. Got some MVP chance at the end of that game. Uh, It was definitely a coming-home party. So it was definitely a necessary win. Uh, We needed that win, and uh, luckily we were uh, led by Derrick.
0: Well, the other player who played really well and who is also a guard, Tyus Jones, we've said we need more offense from him. He ends up with a 13-point night, and he also gets to the free-throw line a few times, which is something I definitely wanted to see more from him. And I, I thought he had a really nice night as well, 13 points, 5 assists. I I thought that quietly Tyus Jones was one of the more, more key bench players.
1: Yeah, I agree. Do you know what I saw more in this game than any past game? It wasn't just because you're playing Chicago, but I saw ball movement. Just ball movement for the sake of ball movement. There was a point in the third quarter where – Derek Rose was trapped at half court and he, and they passed it around and they found an open Wiggins. And it was like a very San Antonio Spurs esque play where uh, everyone, uh, the whole play broke down at half court. And then the, the whole team knew they had to pass the ball around to get an open look. And Andrew Wiggins open looked for a three. Um, the first thing I thought about was if Jeff Teague was on this court, I'm not sure that that would have happened. It was nice to see the, the uh, diversity of, The ball movement. Um, Guys getting assists all over the court with Towns getting four assists. Covington getting three assists. Tyus Jones played amazing with those five. um, And he was just such a relentless scorer. And even Dario passing the ball around. It was just a nice look all around for all the guys. And again, I don't think it's just because we played Chicago. We just looked more smooth.
0: There was something that was brought up to us on Twitter, and I want to get about two some things that we learned on this team, but I feel like we have to address this first. There have been some people reaching out to our show on Twitter and asking us how we can still defend Derrick Rose. I I, I have a reason for it, but I'd love to hear your take on it first. Is there a way to still defend Derrick Rose on this team? Defend him in what aspect? Just his presence on the team? It sounds like, because from what I'm hearing, and again, this is people on Twitter who are asking, how can we defend Derrick Rose still being on this roster?
1: Gotcha. Well, a lot of the Derrick Rose <laughs> um, infatuation comes from his MVP seasons, his great on-the-court presence that he has. Uh, his I'm sorry, barf- did, I say,
0: did I say Derrick Rose? I am a Jeff Teague. I'm sorry.
1: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because <laughs> I thought we were more down the road of off-the-court Derrick Rose. so. <laughs> Um, no, Jeff that's my Teague. bad. That's my bad. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, that's a whole nother story, but the Jeff Teague, uh, situation, I mean, you know, how I feel about this. Uh, I, I think Jeff, I mean, Jeff Teague's a former all-star. Jeff Teague's a good player. Um, he is a solid facilitator in this league. He's top five in assists. I think he's actually six now, but he, he, he's a great facilitator. Um, I just don't think he needs to be on a team that doesn't have a bunch of knockdown three-point shooters. I think his best play is on a team like the Pacers, for example, is a, a former team, um, where they have a bunch of uh, great perimeter threats, and he can run the court and uh, throw the ball around to a lot of those guys. When it comes to Minnesota, they need more offense um, for scoring, more of a slasher at the point guard position that can still kick out. And Tyus Jones definitely is showing signs that he can do that, but Derrick Rose is the obvious guy. Like he needs to be in that starting lineup. Um, and I, while while I do think there is a place for Derrick Rose on the bench to play a Lou Williams type of uh, game, and we need to start Tyus Jones, whatever it is, I just don't think Jeff Teague is necessary in this roster um, completely. So, what are your thoughts?
0: I would say that I'm fine with Derrick Rose getting the start if he somehow manages to pull that position away from Jeff Teague while Teague is injured over the next couple of games. I would still say that, and again, this changes if Tyus Jones has a couple more of these games. If he can be consistently playing like he played last night for the next week, two weeks, I think maybe my opinion changes. But as far as right now, I still think you need Jeff Teague on this roster because I'm still not sure if I'm willing to bet on both of these guys because you're still betting on Derrick Rose being healthy the rest of the way and you're still betting on Tyus Jones improving and growing as an offensive scorer just for himself, not just as a playmaker. Now, if Tyus Jones can can build off of what he showed last night over the next two weeks and put together some really great games over the next few weeks, that definitely changes for me because then if Derrick Rose does go down, I think you can lean on Tyus Jones more heavily and you can depend on him more heavily. But he has to show that before I'm ready to really sell everything I have on Jeff Teague. Because again, for whatever you want to say about him, for all the for all the frustrating half-court possessions that he's had, he still is one of the best assist assisting point guards in the NBA. Like, that's still, that's just a stat. That's just a fact. That's still there. And so... I'm not ready to sell that before I see consistency out of Tyus Jones. And, again, if he plays and builds on last night's game and grows as an offensive presence on this team after last night's game over the next couple of weeks, that, is, that opinion probably changes. That take probably changes. But as of right now, I'm still not ready to sell on Jeff Teague because I think there's just too many variables at point guard for the Timberwolves.
1: Yeah, and I agree. I think that, obviously, Derrick Rose uh, – is injury-prone throughout his career has been, Um, and Tyus Jones is unproven, let's say, Um, and so Tyus definitely steps up in the next few games if Jeff Teague is still out. uh, The obvious move would be to figure out another destination for Jeff Teague to go to, Um, but it's important to note we're just not letting Jeff Teague away for nothing, right? He has a $19 million contract. There's a lot of different teams in the league right now that uh, need a guy that's off. Need to get a guy off their team that makes around that money. So if we just need to do something as simple as a swap or a team that needs a point guard, uh, whether it's the Orlando Magic or Phoenix Suns, um, then you can still get something potentially pretty good back. Whether it's another guard and a forward or whoever. Um, but I think the you know the, the question definitely arose last night from a lot of people um, because of the performance of Tyus Jones in the past few games. Even against Sacramento, Tyus Jones was ten and ten. He had ten points, ten assists. Uh, last night he was 13-5, uh, 13 points, 5 assists. So he, solid game. And on defense, he was uh, killing the backcourt. So uh, he's a great guard, and uh, if he continues his solid play, then you could see Jeff Teague maybe leaving.
0: I would love to get Jonathan Isaac from the Magic, but I know that's not going to happen. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say
1: it's probably most likely like a Terrence Ross, DJ Augustine package. Yeah, um, But Jonathan Isaac would be fantastic.
0: Hey, I can dream. I can dream. All right, we're going to get to some sponsors, and then we're going to talk about some things we learned last night. First, some sponsors. A really good win for the Timberwolves last night. I, I Again, I mentioned the score earlier, but one nineteen ninety four. big win for the Timberwolves. Uh, it was good because they're on the road against a Chicago team that was getting healthy, Zach Levine, who was kind of a surprise player last night. Ended up kind of rushing back and getting into this game. Ended up scoring 28 points for the Bulls. They have Laurie Markkinen back for this team. And the Timberwolves still take care of business. End up with a big win. Are, are we seeing a little bit different version of the Timberwolves here? Is that is that what this is? They, they end up beating the Thunder on the road. They beat the Bulls on the road. <coughs> Excuse me. Is this a... a Maybe is it too soon to say maybe the Timberwolves are showing uh, shades of maturity or after two wins are you not ready to look in that direction quite yet?
1: I don't know if it's uh, as much as maturity as it's just now they're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think they were trying to figure it out after that Jimmy Butler trade. And after they got through all that that, uh, excitement from the Robert Covington and Dario Sarge, uh, entrance on that team and what they did for the team uh, defensively and offensively now they're kind of in this they were then they were in this period of losing and now they're back to this period of like trying to figure out where this team can be molded and how they can be molded and where they can go from here Um, and I don't think it's necessarily them just maturing I think it's just uh, you know them trying to figure it out together Uh, and it it could just be guys like Carl Anthony Towns who last night obviously with the 20-20 and game which is amazing just uh, you know um, having a great game, having a great outing, guys being more consistent—it's something that we both have talked about the past few weeks. is just consistency, uh, and it builds continuity and it builds wins, and that's how a great franchises is are formed—is consistency. And so this team needs to know the their role, and they need to uh, be better. And they've been doing it on the road the past few games, and um, they gotta—you know—we're gonna get to it, but I'm sure. But like, they have a real test coming up with the road games against Miami, New Orleans, and Boston over the next week. So we're definitely gonna see how well this team plays moving forward.
0: Absolutely. And I thought the other thing, too, was just defensively. It seemed like they were a little more locked in. You saw them playing really well on the glass, 40 defensive rebounds, 12 offensive rebounds for the Timberwolves. Uh, They ended up with four steals as a team, but it only had 11 turnovers. And so they were careful with the basketball. Not as many steals as you usually see from them, but they were careful with the basketball And they held the the Chicago Bulls to under 20 points in the first two quarters, and so just really locking in. The biggest lead for them was 31 in this game, and they never trailed. And so I thought that last night, kind of what we were talking about yesterday, came out, punched them in the mouth right away, came out strong, came out flexing right away. And then they just did a great job defensively, just kind of locking in and making sure that the Bulls couldn't shoot their way back into it. Because there was a couple of times where, especially in that second quarter, there was a couple of times where Zach Levine would hit like a deep three. And you thought, oh boy, here we go. Here's going to be like a an 8-1 run for the Bulls. And this is what's going to close the gap a little bit and, and kind of have the Timberwolves looking at their heels. But that never happened. They never let the, the Bulls shoot their way back into this game. They were really sound on the outside, kind of forced everything into to tight space in the paint and and did a good job of playing sound basketball and so I was I was impressed not just with a big victory but kind of the discipline that they played with in this one
1: yeah I agree it was definitely they were definitely a more disciplined team usually when you see guys like Zach Levine knock down the shots around the league when you when teams have a spark plug such as Zach Levine the other team seems to crumble quickly and when Zach Levine hit like three Three corners in a row. Uh, Minnesota came back and was just getting easy tips and tip ins. And usually teams break down, so that was good to see from them. It was some resilience. Uh, I gotta tip my hat to Zach Levine, though. Man, he he's just a straight baller. He scores. Uh, obviously, he has lapses on the defensive end, but he is uh, he is really a stud on the offensive end.
0: He's a lot of fun to watch. And I thought the I thought the biggest thing for me in this game. Uh, outside of the aesthetically fun stuff like Derrick Rose playing really well, like Zach Levine uh, r- throwing up shots and, and hitting a bunch of them, I thought the biggest thing—the biggest thing I'll take away from this game—is that usually the Rules when they play uh, against worse competition, when they play against a, a team that doesn't have as much talent, they kind of play down to that competition this game they played disciplined and it was clear that the the bulls were the less disciplined team whereas sometimes last year even with Jimmy Butler on this team there was a lot of times where it kind of looked it was kind of hard to differentiate which team had more discipline which team was playing more uh, which team could play more sound basketball The differentiation was pretty clear in this game, and I think that's a step in the right direction for the Timberwolves. Obviously, when you want to have a good team, being able to take care of business against teams with less talent, that's kind of the steps that you got to see from this team before you can get ready to say, yeah, they're a playoff roster, and I thought that was one of those steps that you saw last night.
1: Definitely, playoff teams knock out the worst teams in the league, and that's what you have to do as a playoff team. Minnesota's equivalent right now is like the Eastern Conference is probably like the Miami Heat, like those those kind of those kind of teams where they play very very well on those TNT nights against really good teams, and some for some reason they lose to the Phoenix Suns or they lose to the Chicago Bulls or whoever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a good showing and it's, it's exciting for us to see this two road wins in a row, especially with Atlanta coming up. Cause it just kind of confirms, uh, the idea that we'll probably, you know, destroy Atlanta. Um, as for another guy in the wolves that I was kind of surprised about was Rocco. This is, uh, he's in this low, uh, hump right now. He was three for 13 and one for eight and three. Not sure if he just doesn't play well against the Chicago bulls and Justin holiday, but I can't keep. Uh, that can't continue for the future, especially with the hard schedule we got coming up. But aside from him, everyone on this team played fantastic. Um, even Gorgie Jang was out there balling. So,
0: Yeah, that was a, a confusing show from him. Uh, I expected him to have a bigger game, so hopefully he can pull himself out of his slump against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to see. We'll be right back for another uh, break from our sponsors, and then we'll have a little more basketball talk before we head out here. We were just talking about the Bulls, giving you a little recap on the Timberwolves' victory over the Bulls. They're on a two-game streak, and their next game up is Atlanta. We're going to talk about Atlanta and the Hawks more in-depth tomorrow. Uh, before we head out here, I don't want to get over-hyped about this team, but... I also don't want to don't want to take these these wins for granted because I, I think it's hard to take these wins for granted when you're a, a Timberwolves fan or or covering the Timberwolves. So just as far as the broad scope, when you're looking, I think we should do these every every couple of episodes, not every episode, but every couple of episodes, just a, a playoff update. And so with that win, they kind of leapfrog over the New Orleans Pelicans. They're 16 and 18. The eighth seed right now is the San Antonio Spurs at 19 and 16. If you're looking at the teams just on the outside looking in Sacramento Kings Memphis Grizzlies at 18 and 16 both of those teams right now if we're looking at the playoff standings what what does Minnesota have that Sacramento and Memphis don't because I feel like I feel like the the difference there is an electric playmaker like Derrick Rose, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think that might be the real difference between the Timberwolves and a team like Memphis, a team like Sacramento. I know that Memphis has Mike Conley, but I think Derrick Rose can access a, a deeper, more crazy offensive side of himself than Mike Conley can right now. And as far as the Kings, uh, I think that... It, they're, they can make mistakes and they can make uh, bad decisions down the stretch of games. You saw that against the Clippers last night. Whereas the Timberwolves, I, I know that they make their mistakes. I know they have their problems, but I feel like I can trust guys like Derek Rose, guys like Uh, guys like Towns, guys like Rocco, a little more than the youth on the Kings. And those are the differences right now for me when you're looking at the teams on the outside looking in versus the Timberwolves as far as – and that's their competition, right? Those are the guys they're going to have to compete with for that eighth seed. So those are the differences right now. Do you see any differences or do you like Memphis and Sacramento a little more than Timberwolves?
1: This is a good topic. I think what differentiates Minnesota, Sacramento, and Memphis is – essentially hope i think the memphis grizzlies and sacramento kings um, have a lot of hopes to make the playoffs Um, but if they don't i don't think any of their fans are going to be knocking on their gm's door and saying you should go to another team i think that if minnesota doesn't make the playoffs this year especially after making the playoffs last year and then you know the package we got back from jimmy butler everyone's really happy about but you could see a revolt and I think Minnesota knows that. And I think that Tom Thibodeau definitely knows that to secure his job, he needs to go back to the, he needs to go in the postseason. Um, and if he can't do that, then he probably won't have a job next year. So there isn't as much hope for Minnesota uh, moving forward with this team, especially with uh, Tom Thibodeau in the next uh, few years if they do not make the playoffs this year. So they need to push forward. Um, they can't have lapses like Sacramento is allowed to have because they're young. They have a lot of youth on that team, and they have star power in guys like De'Aaron Fox. Like He's going to be legit. And then Memphis, who has Marcus Saul, and Mike Conley, who I think will be playing for the Memphis Grizzlies until they're 50 years old, they they can mess up too. They have a young team that, besides those two players, that's trying to figure out what their new mold is because they can't just be this defensive grit and grindy. Like I'm gonna uh, you know hold the shot clock out, clock out, and hold my opponents 85 points. You can't do that mm-hmm. anymore. The three point shooting league. So they're still trying to figure it out, too. Minnesota's supposed to know who they are. And if they've lost who they are within six months after making the playoffs for the first time in 14 years, then Tom is going to lose his job. Or, you know, Glenn Taylor is going to freak out. Or wh- whoever. You know, Scott Layton will lose his job. So there's not as, no, uh, as much hope for Minnesota. They need to really push forward. Um, aside from those two teams, another team to watch out for, I would say, would be Utah. I can't really see... Uh, the Spurs or the Clippers <laughs> realistically making the playoffs. I can see Utah and Minnesota pulling through. Um, I just think there's more excitement over Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell's uh, prowess on the basketball court as of late. So I I can't really see those two teams making playoffs. And I think Minnesota has a chance to fight for that eighth seed. Um, and you know, unfortunately, probably playing the Golden State Warriors.
0: I do like how you brought up that that notion of knowing your identity versus not. And I feel like the Timberwolves, they know that their identity is in up-tempo basketball. And I think the Kings, to their credit, I think that they probably have figured out who they are as a basketball team, whereas Memphis, I think, is still trying to find that. And the Timberwolves, I think their problem is not figuring out their identity so much as just Getting to it every single game, and you know they, you know they have to play up tempo. You know they have to play long on, on the wing, and, and have to kind of space the floor out, play really fast in transition, catch defenses off guard, kind of have teams backpedaling against them. And it's just a matter of are they going to do this stuff? Are they going to have the lineups out there? Are they going to play certain guys the enough minutes to get to that? To get to that identity. And that might be a question mark right now, but I think the Tim rules, just if you watch them, if you look at the numbers, I think you can kind of figure out who they are. I, I think you're right, the Memphis Grizzlies don't have an idea of who they are. I don't know if the Jazz do either, though, because right now they need either a phenomenal night from their bench or they need Donovan Mitchell to be a crazy scorer. But I, I don't, like for Sacramento, if De'Aaron Fox has nine points I, I feel like he probably also has 10 assists he probably had six steals he probably made a couple defensive plays he can do other stuff if he's not scoring if Donovan Mitchell doesn't get you 18 24 points I I, I think that they're really struggling and you saw that early right away early on when he was starting out really cold the first couple weeks of the season when he wasn't scoring they were having to put him on the bench and they were having to play other players in, uh, instead of him and they're hoping that Crowder had a big night they're hoping that Dante Exum had a big night uh, right now with Kyle Korver on the team they're hoping Kyle Korver can throw double digits so I'm not sure Utah has still found an identity yet and I think that might be an advantage for the Timberwolves down the stretch
1: yeah, I, I agree with you. It's so hard. I'm not going to go too hard on any of these takes with like Utah making the playoffs because it's like, dude, like these records are so close to each other. Yeah. Like, New Orleans being the 14th seed at 15 and 20. If Anthony Davis decides to go into MVP mode, like uh, at game 50, number 50, and just like straight up scores like Russell Westbrook ish type numbers, like 45, you know, 10 and 10 numbers, like where he's just going, he's just doing what everyone expects him to do and they somehow make the playoffs, you know, like, this whole this whole uh, standings could be messed up. You know, the Lakers with LeBron have a possibility of not making the playoffs, you know, just with how close everything is. So, even with LeBron being hurt, I mean, that that's just another team, like, that's that jumps out of the page where it's like, a team with LeBron James may not make the playoffs in the Western standings, or LeBron James may not make the playoffs in general, which is crazy. So, that's just how intense the Western standings is right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's definitely a tight race, and uh, you're right. It it's still too early to, to really slam teams right now. At the same time, it, every game does matter, and so that's why. Hey, just going back to kind of putting a bow on it, that's why the a game against the Bulls, a game you're supposed to win. It's good to see the the Timberwolves pull out victory uh, when they're dropping games to like the Suns and stuff like that. Is because every win does really count and. Everybody is kind of used to that mantra of, oh, the NBA season is a marathon, and your team is going to figure it out. But you know, it, in the Western Conference, I don't think you have time to really figure it out. I think you have to go in kind of with a, a little ahead of the curve. And so if the Timberwolves can use that to their advantage and can use some of their, their veterans like a Derrick Rose to their advantage against teams like a Memphis – Uh, who I think haven't found themselves like it's Utah jazz team who might not have found themselves yet. I think that'll end up being what you look back on at the end of the year and saying, Oh, that's, that's why, that's why that worked out for the Timberwolves or that's why that worked out for the Lakers or that's why it worked out for Houston is because they know exactly who they are and it just took them a little bit to get there.
1: Yeah, completely. I mean, there's just so much uh, growing pains (laughs) with a lot of these basketball teams. Um, I mean, and you made a good point by Darren Fox. The number one team that uh, could really turn heads this year and surprise a lot of people just because the Golden State's been so rocky this year, it, it's the Sacramento Kings that could really just be an eighth seed and beat the, first, the number one seed just because that team is <coughs> so fast. Their pace is insane. We've seen it. Um, so it's it, there's, a, there's so many teams in this Western standings that have a chance to play each other. And I can't believe I'm saying it, but they have a chance to play like the Golden State Warriors, make it a closer race than we would think. Um, just uh, how they've been playing as of late. But again, it's early. It's hard to call anything on any of this stuff. But Minnesota, um, credit to them, they're right there uh, in the race, only two 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 and a half games back from the eighth and seventh seed. So.
0: I like it a lot, uh, and I like – uh, I really like our listeners. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to, uh, to us talking and breaking down the Bulls game. Sorry about me coughing and wheezing and sneezing all the way through this one. Hopefully I can get better and, and be bringing you some, some brassy baritones that you're so used to tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes down. But thanks, Trey, for for coming on. It's always fun doing the podcast with the new co-host. And make sure you're tuning in next time to another Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the po- Lockdown podcast network
1: You are locked on Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.